What's poppin' beautiful people? Your happy accident has led you to the Stupid Scientist Podcast. And these are my inner ramblings. As you're listening to this broadcast, I challenge you to do three things. First, expand your mind. Second, think critically. And last, but certainly not least, probably one of the most important things a scientist does is to formulate new hypotheses. I hope, oh how I hope, that by the end of this, you feel just a little bit stupid. But check it. Don't you dare stay that way. You heard the intro, people. I would like to ask for your forgiveness in advance if you hear any background noise. We are working from home, so many apologies if you hear an animal or a child or whatever. And that is my disclaimer. I hope you enjoy the episode. So I'd like to welcome Brianna Davis-Reyes, a recent PhD graduate and current Yelp postdoc, to this quarter's episode. It is an honor to have you on the show. Today, we're going to talk a little, and I mean a little, about physician and researcher distrust in the Black community, why we think it all began, and how it's impacting medicine and human subjects research today. But first, before we delve in, let's hear from you, Doc. Why don't you take a second and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you went to school, what inspired you to pursue STEM, and what what you're studying now, the Cliff Notes version, and keep it simple for us regular folk. All right. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's it's an honor to be here. Um, So I went to school, undergrad at Prairie View A&M University. Um, I went in thinking I was going to be a medical doctor, and I feel like all... (laughs) PhDs go in thinking they're going to be a medical doctor until they find out that medical school is not for them. Um, (laughs) I mean, for real. Um, So I've always kind of been into like the sciences and things like that. Um, I ended up doing a post-bac for research at the uh, the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston because I still wasn't sure if I wanted to go into research or if I wanted to maybe try to pursue medicine. Um, After I did that year long research stint, I decided that I wanted to do research. I didn't like the, so my field is neuroscience. And when I wanted to be a medical doctor, I wanted to be a psychiatrist, but psychiatry was so far behind the the curve that, that I just didn't feel comfortable going into medicine, knowing that the treatments weren't up to par um, and with all the nasty side effects that come along with a lot of the psychiatric treatments that are available now. So I said, well, I might be better. My talents might be more useful on the research side of things. So I ended up joining the Center for Addiction Research at the University of Texas Medical Branch, did my graduate school stint there. And now I'm at, as you said, Yale University, still studying substance use disorders, but like on a clinical side, meaning I work with human data now. So that's pretty very impressive. Regular <laughs> very, very impressive, might I say. And and can we just rewind just a little bit? You said Prairie View. Pra- yeah, I cannot talk. Prairie okay. View A&M University. 
That is an HBCU, correct? I did. I went to an HBCU. Yes. Super proud of it too. Super, super proud. Yes. We have to recognize our HBCUs and the development of top tier African-American and minority or underrepresented scientists. We've done a great job at preparing the next generation for the next step. Uh, Similar to you, I went to an HBCU. And moved on to mm-hmm. um, moved on to a state university, uh, UAB, and I'm still. Oh, you went to UAB. Yep. I was at the um, I was at the neural conference there. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I was at UAB for a conference in Birmingham, right? Yep. In Birmingham, University of Alabama at Birmingham. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. HBCUs, man. Uh, they're they're awesome. They need to be funded. Actually, that's. For sure. For sure. Actually, someone tried to clown me once because they were like, oh, isn't like an HBCU, like not really a good school or whatever. And all I got to say is I'm at Yale now. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish the listeners could see the face that I just made. Like, really? <laughs> really? HBCUs aren't good schools? You, you got to be kidding me, right? Because I could list a... On two hands, if not, and toes, I can't even count on my fingers and toes how many successful entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. people of STEM, uh, people of business in every category who are products of HBCUs. You're looking at two or listening to two women who Mm -hmm. are products of HBCUs who have both gone on to top tier institutions for their postdocs. Uh, Mm -hmm. You, Yale, myself, the University of Chicago, and the list will go on because I I don't even have time to go through all the people that I know who went to HBCUs first. But, you know, neither here nor there. Maybe another podcast conversation. Maybe another podcast. I'm rambling (laughs) in in true essence of the title of this podcast, the the stupid scientist in a ramblings. Anyways. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Brianna. Um, So just to get us back on topic, um, our listeners, Mm -hmm. if you've been around the block a few times and you have a little bit of interest in government conspiracy theories, then you've probably heard about a few insanely true portions of American history that we aren't too proud of as a nation. One example is the U.S. Public Health Service syphilis study at Tuskegee, or BKA, better known as the Tuskegee Experiment. I'm sure you've heard of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Brianna, maybe you can talk a little bit about the Tuskegee Experiment. If not, I am more than happy to take it away because I love to talk. (laughs) Yes, yes. A lot of people should know about this, but you'd be surprised how many people still don't. Um, But essentially, the Tuskegee experiment was um, a group of researchers who wanted to see, I think the title was like the the natural progression of syphilis in the Negro man. Mm -hmm. Um, It started, I think, in the 1930s and was supposed to initially be a six month experiment. But the, the fucked up part was that it was supposed to be like, um, they told the black man that they were getting treated for bad blood, um, which included syphilis and any other things. But the idea was that the men that were in the study thought that they were getting treated. But the fact of the matter was, is that they weren't getting treated and there was never any intention to treat them. 
Um, and so this study carried on for 40 years, which is insane. And if you know anything about syphilis, it's a very slow progressing disease and could have been intercepted at any point, especially when penicillin became available. I think it was like 1945. So we're talking about starting the study in the 1930s. And I think it ended sometime in the early 1970s. All that time passing, a cure has been developed in that time. And these researchers are still um, allowing these men to go on untreated, despite the fact that they think they're getting treated. So it was really, it was a clusterfuck. Um, and the result of it was that <laughs> basically um, people said, hey, this was maybe not ethical. Uh, we should make some rules as to what we can and can't do with people, especially when it comes to informing them about the study um, and getting their consent and things of that nature. So I, uh, the the report was called the, the Belmont Report, which um, if you're in science is discussed quite a bit, especially if you take an ethics course. But um, it's, uh, again, it was just a, a, a big report that uh, was stemmed from this experiment and uh, and laid out some guidelines that people have to follow now, which would seem obvious to most people, but we know how Black people are treated in America. So, um, <laughs> yep. It yep. definitely was not, um, I don't, it was not, not a priority for 40 years <laughs> to care about this. So, I think it's insane. But this is the kicker. They did. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. But they, they tried to fix it later with like, there was like a, a settlement and the widows of the husbands that died. I think they gave them like some burial insurance or something like that and some other kind of funds, but it was, it's, it was, it's terrible. It was terrible. Yep. You, you really had to create legislation and guidelines that said mm-hmm. you can't do fucked up shit to people. <laughs> like, exactly. Really? <laughs> it, it, you think it would be obvious, <laughs> right? You said it like, you, yes. No, you can't do that. But you, you really had to create guidelines. Uh, I think the three pillars of the Belmont report are, um, respect justice and beneficence. Um, Mm -hmm. so we won't get into how we're still struggling with that in 2020. Uh, the fact that you, you can't treat people any old kind of way because, uh, you know, with the current climate, but this is about science, (laughs) right? We're talking about science, not, um, racial inequities within the, uh, policing of our brethren but anywho so talking about science the the experiment didn't even yield anything useful it's 40 years of collecting all this data and it really wasn't even anything useful so it was poor science in addition to being unethical right kind of fucked all around (laughs) i I, I hate it i'm I'm getting angry thinking about it But uh, Dr. Davis Reyes, we I'd, I'd love to gain your perspective on the American healthcare system with regard to underrepresented persons. Why do you think that physician slash researcher distrust is still so prominent? It might be obvious, but I, I would really like to hear your perspective and your opinion on it. Yeah, I think it it should be obvious, but I actually had someone at Yale ask me about this the other day because they still don't understand. Um, um, They were asking me, I guess he had run into some Black women that were really excited that they had a 
that they were able to um, go to see a black physician. And he asked me like, well, I wonder like what the excitement is about seeing like a black physician. And that stems into like the, just the general like uh, mistrust of uh, physicians, especially in the African-American community. But I would say it extends to probably a lot of minority communities. Um, When you have things like this, the Tuskegee experiment that occurred, when you have other situations of, of malpractice and that's happening predominantly in um, underrepresented minorities, um, I think to this day that uh, uh, pregnant women have, Black pregnant women have like some of the highest mortality rates. Um, so where it's coming from is that doctors are basically killing their patients um, and especially in the Black community. And it's... Um, it's caused a, a, a very big rift. Um, I see a lot of people um, in my family, um, in the Black community that just don't trust um, doctors. They don't trust researchers either. I mean, for, again, the obvious reasons of like, research has done some some fucked up shit to some people, not just in the Tuskegee experiments, but there's been other um, situations of, of, of ethical issues in science. So- Oh yeah. Yeah, it's- uh, it's not great. And it's even worse that 2020, you would think we would be so far along. We're supposed to be a first world world country. And um, we don't have um, the screening that should be there for African-Americans. We don't have the research being done in diverse populations. If anyone ever goes and looks up a research study with human participants and you go see what the demographics are, you'll see that like most of the time, it's predominantly white individuals in the study. Well, folks, that's all we have for you this quarter. We did have a little bit more, but we had some technical difficulties. Uh, But, you know, that's life. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you learned something. And remember, it's okay to feel stupid, but don't you dare stay that way.
I wonder how many people actually wait until the very, very end. 